hear you all right. Are you hear me all right? Yep, we do. Sorry about that. Yeah, apologies for that, Danny. How you doing, man? No worries at all. Hey, I'm just glad that uh, hopefully I can make it worth worth the wait. It's baseball season, so uh, it, it's going well over here. How about you guys? So I'm glad that you bring up baseball season. We're going to talk some Major League Baseball, but today also opening day for college baseball. So who are the teams that you've targeted, any players that you've targeted or maybe that you're looking out for this season? Because we do get into college baseball. I know that it's like especially like when I was on the South or, you know, if you're at certain parts of the country, people care a little bit more. But uh, I'm excited, man. What are the things to look out for here, though, uh, opening day? I mean, the Blue Bloods early on are always going to be the favorites, right? Uh, obviously, you're going to have those teams that kind of come out of nowhere. Your Coastal Carolinas from a few years ago. So it's a little bit too early to peg those squads. Uh, but LSU is going to be stacked this year. I mean, their ace, Paul Keenith, went 98 miles per hour probably 10 different times today in his opening day debut. He's a transfer, a junior transfer from Air Force, and he looks spectacular. Uh, the, de- the defending champs, Ole Miss, they're going to be tough to beat as well. Uh, kind of a team to look out for, and this is more so my uh, my bias towards the head coach, is the University of Nevada, Reno, uh, Wolfpack. Uh, they have a new coach this year in Jake McKinley. He's the old pitching coordinator for the Milwaukee Brewers. He has a very strong recruiting class coming in this year. So keep your eye on Nevada, Reno. They could be interesting. Let's talk about uh, Major League Baseball because – there's a lot of excitement for some of the teams that have made some major moves. Uh, let's start out with maybe some award-winning markets. Uh, Cy Young, I think we've talked about just a little bit so far on this show. I want to go over to the National League. Uh, I'm looking at Sandy Alcantara, who obviously won it last year, plus 475. Corbin Burns, plus 500. JV, plus 600. Max Scherzer, plus 750. Do you like any of those top four, or are you looking further down the board? Yeah, You know, Cy Young really comes down to health, right? And so Sandy Alcantara was able to run away with the award last season, it, largely because of his ability to take the mound each and every day. Uh, when you look at his strikeout per nine, we look at his strikeout totals, uh, they weren't quite on par with other guys like, say, Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers. So a lot of it comes down to health. And so you mentioned guys like Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. Well, Scherzer was injured. Uh, much of uh, last season, and he's dealt with back issues each of the last three seasons, including missing a start in the postseason, postseason with the Dodgers. Anytime you're putting money on guys that are over 40 years old, uh, it gets a little dicey at times. So I don't love, from a betting perspective, putting a lot of money on Scherzer uh, and Verlander because they're trying to win a World Series out in Queens. So they're not as uh, dependent on the regular season as they will be in the postseason. You look at guys like Sandy Alcantara last year, he was on a last-place, fourth-place team in the Miami Marlins. That's where I'm pegging Cy Young winners because they need guys to really dominate during the regular season as opposed to the postseason. Let's talk about the American League then. I was looking with a friend of show, Cody Decker. We both like Dylan Cease. He's 8-1. to one. I think, Ryan, like you like him as well. Uh, Garrett Cole, 6-1. to one. Jacob deGrom, kind of the same thing that you were saying as well, just – a lot of health concerns, obviously. Probably not going to be on a team that's doing a ton, even though they'd like to. And then Alec Manoa at plus 900. Do you like any of those four, or would you look further down the board? You know, I think it's shocking that Garrett Cole has yet to hoist that Cy Young trophy. And he's getting to a point in his career where the days, I, I, I'm not going to say that they're numbered. However, his, maybe his best days are behind him. You know, that 98-mile-an-hour fastball, is not always going to be there for him. 
And so the Yankees are in a really critical year this year where, much like recent years, it's World Series or bust. You've just signed Aaron Judge to this long contract. You have Giancarlo Stanton, who's been injured in recent years. Um, it's make or break this year for New York and Brian Cashman in that front office. Garrett Cole had a phenomenal last season. Didn't really get the awards or recognition uh, that he probably should have gotten because of that New York market. But I think Garrett Cole is a really strong pick because, again, kind of like I just mentioned with National League Cy Young, he's a guy that takes the bump each and every start. He's going to have 30-plus starts. He hasn't had any health concerns in recent years. I really like Garrett Cole as kind of a a sleeper, non-sleeper pick to win American League Cy Young. Danny, obviously the big story, uh, you brought up the Brewers, and with Corbin Burns, uh, he loses his arbitration case against the Brewers. I have no clue why the Brewers, like they have one nice thing right now. Well, I like Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta. They have, <laughs> they have a nice rotation, but I don't love the lineup. And they've went and they've pissed him off. They brought up the postseason, why they didn't get in. You look at his 12-8 and record last season. He led the league in strikeouts again. He won the Cy Young two years ago. Is there any chance he's going to be a free agent in 2024? Any chance they're going to be sellers at the deadline and maybe Corbin Burns gets moved this year? I think 100%. When you look at Milwaukee and what they're looking at financially, they're closer to teams like Miami and Oakland than they are teams like, say, New York, San Diego, Los Angeles. They've made the playoffs a total since they were founded in 1969. They've made the playoffs eight times. That's not very often. Four of those eight times have come in the past five years. If Corbin Burns is not happy with where he's at, in all likelihood with the money that they have wrapped up into Christian Yelich, they're not going to be able to extend Burns and Woodruff or maybe either of those two guys. So, I mean, if he's unhappy with where he's at and he's felt like he's disrespected, Major League Baseball is a little different than, say, the NBA where teams can really force their way out. But if Burns is unhappy – I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, come uh, midseason trade deadline time, if he kind of wants to head elsewhere. Man, that's just absolutely crazy. And as a Cubs fan, I love to hear it. Not that I think they're winning the NL Central. They are plus 600, though, if you want to get wild. So, Danny, spring training begins this week, obviously. And uh, I'm actually excited for baseball for the first time in two years because my team spent some money this offseason. We've already talked about Corbin Burns and the Brewers. I actually really quickly wanted to ask you uh, one more question about the NL Central. So the Cardinals are minus 115 favorites to repeat. They have the best lineup. But what are your thoughts on that rotation? Because last year, I didn't expect that from Adam Wainwright. Uh, Car- I mean, they were Flaherty wasn't even healthy half the season. What are your thoughts on the Cardinals heading into the year? Does that price seem about right for the NL Central? Well, one, one piece that they're adding to their rotation is a guy that we've been waiting on for a couple of years now, and that's Jack Flaherty. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the dominant theme in our previous conversation here before the commercial break was health. Well, Jack Flaherty was their ace a couple of years ago. He just hasn't been healthy. So now you're going to have, you know, your dogs like Miles Michaelis and Jordan Montgomery and Adam Wainwright. These are the guys that are taking the bump every fifth day. Well, now if you can bring Jack Flaherty into the fold and then you have a guy named Matthew Libertor who was once one of their top prospects and was their top pitching prospect, I really like their pitching depth this year a whole lot more than I did last year because last year they had Adam Wainwright as their ace and they were going to ride him to the end. This year, they have a little bit more depth. So let's say Adam Wainwright, who's 42 years old, you know, doesn't have as much in the tank as he once did. You have some backup plans. So I really like the depth of the Cardinals this year a whole lot more than I did last year, and they kind of ran away with the division. Danny, I'm looking at uh, some of the Rookie of the Year odds, and 
I don't really feel like I have a great pulse on it. I know that Anthony Volpe was uh, the player that the Yankees just couldn't let go when they were trying to make moves at the trade deadline. Some of these names like Gunnar Henderson I know. Uh, but who are some players that you think are sleepers that we should be watching uh, the next J-Rod kind of vibes? I mean, we can start with the American League. So the Orioles came out of nowhere last year and were really competing for a playoff spot. Much of that due to Adley Rutschman. Well, the Orioles were expected to make some acquisitions and make some additions in the offseason. Instead, they were, really flew under the radar, and they want to let their young guys play. So you're going to have a guy like Gunnar Henderson and Grayson Rodriguez. Gunnar Henderson is the top prospect in Major League Baseball entering 2023. He can play all around the diamond. He's a five-tool player. He's got speed, can hit for power, contact, and he can play his position defensively. He's expected to, mit, to hit in the middle of the order, him and Adley Rutschman. So he's going to be your favorite out of the American League. Another guy I kind of have circled is a guy I mentioned that was Grayson Rodriguez. He's expected to join the Orioles rotation at some point this season. He's their top pitching prospect. He's got all the goods. He's got that mid to upper uh, nines fastball. Um, he's got electric breaking stuff as well. And then the last guy in the American League that I'm thinking about is Josh Jung of the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers have shown uh, a willingness to compete immediately with Chris Young in that front office. Josh Jung is hopefully going to man that third base position for the Texas Rangers, and he can play other positions as well defensively. A lot of power in a former first-round draft pick. If you look over in the National League, Corbin Carroll and the Arizona Diamondbacks, very, very interesting to me. Corbin Carroll is another top-five prospect. He's a guy that has – he had the. if you look at feet per, spe, uh, per second, in limited time last year, he was the fastest player in all of baseball last year. In Arizona, the ball flies. So you have a guy with speed, a guy that can win a gold glove as well. Corbin Carroll is going to be the favorite in the National League. Any chance that we get a World Series hangover for the Astros this year? Because I'm just looking at the AL West prices right now, and Trista just brought up J-Rod. The Mariners are plus 300. The Rangers 10 to 1. The Angels, we have no idea what the hell they're going to do, especially because they're probably going to lose Otani 10 to 1. Astros are minus 200. Do you think that's a that that price is about right? You know, even after what they lose, and even after just winning it last year, you lose Verlander, right? right? But you have to take into account that much of his success uh, was in the regular season. And it's not to say that he wasn't a crucial part to their postseason success. I mean, you need that ace come postseason time. But they had a guy named Christian Javier who threw, mm -hmm. I think it was five or six innings of, of no-hit ball yeah. in the World Series, um, and they just signed him to a five-year extension as well. The Astros do what the Astros do. And then they also added Jose Abreu to the fold, which is only going to bolster their lineup as well, a lineup that is already stacked top to bottom. Uh, if we're talking betting, I mean, it's baseball, so, I mean, anything can happen, right? You, you know, it's always tough. Uh, in the American League, though, especially, I think it's really going to be Yankees are going to be tough to beat this year. The Blue Jays are going to be tough to beat. They, they were a young team last year that I think were maybe not ready for the moment. I think they're going to be better this year. Um, and then Seattle, I think Seattle actually had a really sneaky good offseason with guys like Teoscar Hernandez coming over. They did lose uh, Mitch Hanniger, which is a, a tough, tough loss for that lineup. But you extend Luis Castillo. Their rotation arguably is I would argue that is the best rotation in the American League this year. So uh, the Mariners are scary. The Rays are sneaky. 
Um, obviously, I think the Astros are the favorites and should be the favorites coming into this year. I'm glad that you brought up the Rays, actually. I just I don't know about the Yankees. I don't know if I trust the rotation this year. I don't know if there's going to be Aaron Judge is Aaron Judge, but I don't know, obviously, if he's going to have that kind of season. What are your thoughts on the Rays, though, especially you know if Glass now is back, if he's fully healthy, and you pair him with McClanahan and Springs? I just really like that rotation. But do they have enough offense, do you think? Because they're plus 350 to win the division right now. Yeah, the dominant theme in our convos has been health, and I hate to sound like a, a broken record here, but the Tampa Bay Rays led the American League in days on the injured list last year, and they were still able to sneak into the postseason last year. Uh, unfortunately, they just kind of ran out of firepower against Cleveland in that first postseason series. But you mentioned, I mean, you look at their rotation. If they can stay healthy with guys like Shane McClanahan in uh, in Tyler Glasnow, who did not pitch at all in the regular season last year until I think it was September. Um, if those guys can stay healthy, and also if Wander Franco can become the the player that we all hope and know he can be, Wander Franco, who was formerly the number one prospect coming into last season, signed that big extension, was injured most of last season. If him, guys like Randy Rosarena, Yandy Diaz just got extended. Uh, if Brandon Lau can stay healthy, um, again, I, I keep saying that same word, right. healthy. Um, but but if that can happen, then the Rays absolutely are a sneaky team because that front office, just like they do every other year, they're going to have guys in that bullpen that can man the seventh, eighth, ninth, uh, and ninth innings. If that offense can stay healthy, if that rotation can stay healthy, they can be a very, very scary team. I'm looking at the Mets, Danny. Uh, their win total is sitting at 94 and a half. Uh, I think that they are the leaders in the clubhouse to win the division with the Braves right behind them. Uh, in terms of the moves that they've made this offseason, do you feel like they've done enough for them to be uh, warranted as the favorite? And do you think they've done enough to sort of make another postseason jump? They're stacked. They are absolutely stacked. The only problem with the Mets, it has nothing to do with what they're doing. I, I mean, they've done everything that they can. They even went out and tried to get Carlos Correa, but that physical didn't end up working out for them. Uh, the problem with the Mets is other teams in that division, yeah. really. I mean, it's the How? National League Eats. It's the Atlanta Braves are young and hungry and ready to jump back into the World Series conversation, just like they hoisted the trophy uh, two years ago. And then the Braves also are going to have guys like Mike Soroka into the fold. They just added Sean Murphy from the Oakland A's, who is arguably the most underrated catcher, both defensively and offensively, in the entire league. Uh, and then also behind them, uh, you have like the Miami Marlins, who are actually surprisingly going to have a really strong starting rotation this year. Um, that National League East is just really, really, really tough. Um, that's that's the problem with the Mets. And that's not to say that the Mets can't hoist the trophy. You look at their depth, not only rotation-wise with Scherzer, um, you have your two Hall of Famers with Scherzer and Verland at, at the top, but you look at that lineup from top to bottom with guys like Alonzo, McNeil, Marte, Nimmo, they're studs. And it's really going to come down to, in October, who's going to get hot because I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to make it to the postseason it's how healthy can they be and how hot they can be at the right time just sort of following up on that the one thing that was the Mets bugaboo pretty much all year was the DH position just power in the lineup in general like do you think that they I mean they ended up getting Tommy Pham like does does that is that the move that helps them especially when you're talking about the Braves there and the Phillies right there yeah Tommy Pham more of a uh uh 
contributor as as a as opposed to kind of middle of the order hitter. I mean, he's going to kind of platoon with guys like Darren Ruff, Daniel Vogelbach, and he'll also be more of a fourth outfielder. Uh, they're stacked in the outfield with Cannon, Nemo, Marte, and then McNeil can jump out to the outfield as well. Um, that's what the Mets really did this year, though, that kind of helps them when it comes down to October is depth. So if guys do get injured, like Starling Marte going into the postseason last year was at an injured hand. So if a guy goes down like Marte, you can insert a guy like Tommy Pham into that lineup. Um, their depth is as good as any's in the National League. In that park at City Field, it's a big park. And so it plays more uh, to the benefit of their pitching staff, and I think they're okay with that. Uh, because they do have guys like Pete Alonso who can park one whenever he needs to. Uh, Jeff McNeil can run into a few. Francisco Lindor, he brought his power back into the fold this last season. So I think they're a team that has to kind of mix and match and has to provide both contact and power numbers. But with the new rules this year, it's going to be interesting to see if not only the Mets but other teams as well lean more into the contact factor as opposed to the power factor. Danny, if you were a betting man, where do you think uh, Shohei Otani is playing in 2024? And is there any chance if the Angels are a disaster the first half of the season as they have been the last uh, four years that they move them this year? Yeah, I think the Dodgers and Mets are definitely the favorites right now. So if I'm putting my money on anybody, I would say the Dodgers. For one, he came to Los Angeles for a reason, and the Dodgers were in on him. They weren't able to land him when he came over from Japan. So the Dodgers, who are always competing for a championship, are right down the road. That certainly seems like a fit. And the Dodgers did not spend this offseason on free agencies. They lost guys like Trey Turner. They lost their starting center fielder and Cody Bellinger. Surprisingly, the Dodgers didn't spend spend money, and they're a team that normally do. I would say the Dodgers are the favorite. Steve Cohen out in New York and Queens, New York Mets, he's going to give and offer Shohei Otani everything he has. One team that I'm looking at that can be kind of a sneaky team under the radar is San Francisco. San Francisco was supposedly in on Garrett Cole. They were supposedly in on Bryce Harper, and then they tried to land Carlos Correa and Aaron Judge. They missed out on all four of those guys. They're constantly the bridesmaid as opposed to the bride. So they need to get a face of the franchise type player in San Francisco. They have yet to do so. Expect San Francisco to be into the fold. And if the Angels are not in the postseason run, expect Shohei Otani to be traded at the deadline if they're not in the fold for the postseason. Lastly, Danny Astros, plus 475, most regular season wins. Should I just bet that right now? <laughs> uh, you know, Like I said, the Astros are going to do what the Astros do. Um, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money, but uh, they're in a very winnable division this year. We'll see what the Rangers have in store. We'll see what the Angels have in store. But... Like I said, I think the American League is a little bit down this year. I think it's the uh, the, the American League is the Astros to lose at this point. Actually, Danny, you know what? I just uh, I just invented 30 seconds. The White Sox killed me last year. They're plus 160 to win the AL Central. Like there is that team has there's too much talent, right? The Guardians plus 160. The White Sox. Any chance they bounce back this year and do what they should have did last year? Based on talent, the White Sox should have won 100 games last year. <laughs> yeah. Right now, Fangraphs is projecting him to win 79, which is shocking to me. Uh, I, I agree with you. Based on talent, the White Sox are the best team in that division. But I do think the Twins, uh, same same word, right? Uh, if they can be healthy and Byron Buxton can stay on the field, I think the Twins is probably their division to lose. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate Thanks, it. Keep up the good work. We'll talk again soon.